This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to the Classic Car Show, only on America's Web Radio. We're glad to have you tuned in today and uh, we've got a, a, a great show uh, in store for you. We've got uh, Christopher Shear. I believe that's the way it's sure. And um, I hope Christopher is listening right now because, by mistake, I didn't get his phone number, and uh, he should have mine so he can call in uh, at about 8.15. And then we've got uh, Mr. John Bybeck, uh, president of J&L Enterprises, and he's got a very interesting product. Uh, I think you met him uh, on the Glidden Tour, wasn't it? Uh, uh, which, the brake break guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, uh, that yeah. ought to be interesting. And we've we've got one MIA, and that's uh, Jim Weber. He's up in New York, I think. And uh, but we're always happy to have the founder of the show, the, founder. the one that started all of this mess, the one, the yeah. only former board member of AACA, and now a board member of the Horseless Carriage I, Club. I ha- when I start to say horseless carriage, my tongue gets tied up. It's yeah. a hard thing to spit out. Yeah, it's a it, it's a long name to horseless carriage. Yeah, yeah it, it it is kind of a, a long thing. But anyway, it's a, it's an old organization like AACA founded in the 30s. And uh, the reason I like horses because I like brassier cars. Anyway, brassier cars are 1915 and older. And you know wh- when you go on a tour and you drive your the definition of an antique car is 25 years old and older, as set by AACA, so that's now the industry standard. Um, 25 and older. 25 and older, that's, 1992. That's, yeah, that's not really that old. Well, in, in it's opinion. 25 years old and older, starting January 1. So anyway, so so uh, uh, what makes me feel old is when I go to AACA meets and there are... Um, cars that I did new model training on <laughs> on the show field so that's that's a, oh how can that be but uh, uh, when you go on a car I'm not trying to be critical because it's all a point of reference we continually talk about the 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 uh, hobby and, and where it's going and what's going to happen and all that stuff one of the things that keeps AACA very viable is their rule of 25 years old and older. Because a, a, a kid today who's 40 years old, if you talk to him about a Mustang, first-generation Mustang, he'd say, God, that's an ancient old car. It's whatever your point of reference is. Well, it, well, it is and it isn't, because now they have the new Mustangs. Yeah. Um, but, so they, but he would recognize it as... Of course. He, to him, it's an ancient car. But then you start talking about brass cars or brassier cars, you know. And I, I get more times people will say, you, you know, you have a, an 09 Maxwell. And I said, yeah. And they, do you really drive it? <laughs> you know, or you drive your 1910 or even your Model A. They don't, They it, it's hard for them to really, because all I've ever seen is in movies and in museums. 
They've never, very seldom do you see something like that on the road. If they've taken the time to go to the museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of them end up going, or they see them on TV and the movies, you know, yeah. when they, they have this stuff. And uh, uh, But with the, if you do a tour in your Brassier car, which is uh, 1915 and older, and you complete a week of about 75 to 100 miles every day, and you didn't have a problem or an issue. You, you get a great sense of accomplishment. You really do. I mean, you 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 know your car is pretty good. And, and and you know this is on. It may be bike roads, but at the same token, they're nice, basically nice roads. Think of the person that was driving that car back in nineteen ten, nineteen eleven. There were no roads, and there were no roads. There were no roads. No, absolutely not. So how often did it break down then? Well. There was a lot of design that went into that. People think these things were were designed stupid, like wagons, buckboards, and all this stuff. The, the wheels on these things were designed to flex. The chassis was designed to flex. Hmm. So as they went down the road and hit these these wagon ruts and all you know erosion places and over Shut bed stream. Old. Yeah, they were they they were designed to flex. You can actually if I I pick up one side of the Model T, uh, and you can see the frame flex. Interesting. Yeah, so it had it could stay on the road. You know, we've talked about this before, and I still marvel at the engineering minds that. You know, we have the CAD systems. You can have an idea now, put it in your computer, and blast it out the other end, you know? Yeah. And um, these guys, just what you were saying about to have the engineering skill and the thought that, well, we've got to make this where it will flex, where it will do this. I mean, that that boggles my mind. And there was no precedent. They didn't know what they were doing. I mean, these guys, they had nothing to look back and say, this failed. That's why there's so many interesting uh, types of designs um, of different ways to do do things. There's all kinds of, of very unique ways to to uh, uh, do things. One of the most peculiar is this this engine. I can't remember the name of it, but there's an engine. Where the the uh, uh, center drive shaft of the engine, or if you will, the crankshaft, stayed uh, stationary, and the outer portion of the engine rotated. I mean, if you you go to some of these, see some of these brass car things, and and you wonder who, where did this idea come from? Yeah, yeah. And then you get the the ones that are you know like steam cars. You see Stanley steamers, whites, and Dobles, and a few of these other ones. And that's a plumber's nightmare. I don't know if you've ever been around a steam car or ridden with them. These guys have more valves and adjustments and knobs and blow-off. They're always doing something. Hmm. You you just don't get in like a gasoline car and, and, and move the gas lever and go. I mean, you're always turning, twisting knobs and stuff. So uh, it's it's pretty cool. And then the electric cars. People say, oh, well, we're, we're, we're green today. We have my... <laughs> what do they call it? Nissan Leaf. That goes back to the eight to the the early 1900s, 1908, 1906. It's nothing new. 
because women couldn't drive. They couldn't start, crank start these old cars. Well, now cars. nothing's changed there. No, they can't. Yeah, they right. couldn't crank start them. So they made ladies' cars, and they were electric cars. I, it, kind of a funny, I, I might have, I'm sure I've told the story before, but we were on a... Uh, um, brass car tour, and these are, this this friend of ours brought two electrics, and they had twenty twelve volt batteries in them okay. to power this thing, and they had an average range of around a hundred miles, maybe, all depending on how fast you went, and so he would use one and then charge it up, and he when he first got there he he, he charged both of them, and he had this really strange rig with. 20 battery chargers for each car, all hooked up. It was real. I, don't, I mean, it, really weird. Yeah, okay, the batteries are in series, right? Yeah, the ba- yeah. So, so uh, you can't charge them in series. No, no. You have, but you have to have all this power to make it do anything. You're yeah. charging. Anyway, he plugged both of these things and turned them on and browned out the hotel. <laughs> so they told him, "I'm sorry, you you kept." So he had to put his cars back in the trailer. They wouldn't let him do it. Huh. <laughs> It took that much uh, yeah. amperage. Yeah, it took, so it took a lot to do, two, you know, 20 batteries at once. Just think about oh, it. Yeah. You know, so so uh, there's nothing, you know, uh, it, there's nothing new, uh, um, if you will. There's innovations and changes, but I always thought it would be kind of cool if you could get, an old, like, a Baker Electric, which is probably the most famous, and this guy, Steve, is also the president of the, the uh, uh, electric car club, antique electric car club. If you could put a Nissan Leaf drivetrain into one of these old, <laughs> one of these old electric yeah. cars, who would know unless you opened the stuff up? Yeah. That's I don't know. I don't know. Were all the, back then, were the electric cars rear-wheel drive or? or all kinds of different ways. All kinds of different ways, but they they were simple, and and I one I think one of the and, be- and were they direct drive? Uh, most of them were probably chain. Most of them probably had a big heavy chain. They usually only sat two people. I said they were ladies' cars, yeah. and and when Kettering invented the starter, uh, he went to Henry Ford because he did the starter because his wife wanted to drive the Model T he had. And he worked for AC Delco, which was not at that point General Motors. It was Albert Champion. AC. AC, exactly. Yeah. Albert Champion. And now, is that Champion with the spark, spark plugs? plugs. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. Champion. And uh, and you talk about a segment we uh, the hobby we've never talked about is spark plug collectors. There are people <laughs> that. Spark that have monstrous collection. Some of these old spark plugs from the brass era are like works of art. They're just beautiful. Sculptured porcelain and all of that. I mean, just really wonderful looking things. And they pay a ton of money for some of these weird ones. But anyway, he went to Henry and, and, uh, and told him why he did this. And he had been in a starter for the, the Model T. And Henry looked him right in the eye and said... That's a wonderful idea, but women shouldn't drive. <laughs> so Henry was always right. Wasn't Henry he? was never wrong his whole <laughs> life about anything. So anyway, they uh, uh, he he went to uh, uh, Durant in the fourteen. I think it was fourteen or maybe it was sixteen. Cadillac had the first electric starters, 
hmm. uh, from Kettering. You know, again, you you look back and you say, well, that's a uh, hundred and hundred years ago, twenty five years ago, one hundred and fifteen okay. years ago, or whatever. And yet, you you got to look at it the other way. In my opinion, I'm amazed. I, I, I like I said, it blows my mind because they. Anybody that engineered, it was totally trial and error. It, exactly. It wasn't spitting it into the computer and letting the computer do its thing and yeah. see how it works. It was all, and so you try it. It doesn't work exactly like you want it to, so you go back to the workbench. Try and it again. Do this try and do it again. That, and try and it again. Yeah. Well, like my, my 1910T uh, has an open valve engine, and under the, the hood is an oil can and every hour you have to stop and oil the valve train <laughs> there is no other way to do it and lots of engines did that and it, and and a lot of them had a lost oil system where they had a drip control onto the big heavy logging type of chain that they had driving the rear end so the crankcase oil would drip out and you'd have to stop and fill it up or run your engine dry. I mean, it was not it was not an easy proposition to go a great distance in an, one of these early cars. But they said, "Okay, we got this problem. We're going to address that problem." And that that was the uh, that was what they did, and they overcame they it. And and you know, it's been a long road to get to where we are. We're going to take a break right quick, and we'll come back with Christopher Schur and talking about the 56th annual run to Brighton right after these announcements. We'll be back on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show right after this. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequal service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. 
And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. We appreciate you listening in today, and we've got a very special guest on um, right now. We're going to be talking about the 56th annual run to Brighton, and that's Brighton, Wisconsin, with Christopher Schur. And um, Christopher, how are you doing this morning? Oh, pretty good. Just watching the uh, morning start with the sun up here. Actually, I'm over at a tour right now for the Illinois region of the AACA out in Princeton, Illinois. Uh, so we're going to kick things off with that uh, in about two hours or so. So just uh, sitting here right, waiting for things to get ready. Has, has winter come up there yet? Not yet, but it's getting pretty close. Getting two close, days ago huh? we had some frost issues, but today is looking okay. Cool. So how many tours do you do in a, in a year's time? Seems like you're on the road a lot. We are. Um, it's a very active region and chapter up here. Uh, the region itself, it does two tours a year. Uh, they're all multi-day tours. And it basically what it does is it brings all the chapters, and our chapters kind of span northern Illinois around Chicago, uh, all the way from the state line down to Kankakee, Illinois. Uh, and it brings all those members together where they wouldn't normally see each other. Uh, there's five chapters in the region, and each of them do many, many events throughout the year. Uh, if you're a member of more than one chapter, it gets uh, very interesting on trying to get things done throughout the summer because there's car club stuff all the time. Now, I was interested in your personal bio and the fact that uh, you said you started as an AAC member if they would have let you in when you were born, basically, that your parents were very involved, and I assume they took you on the tours as a baby. Is that right? Oh, yeah, most certainly. Uh, I was born in May of 1990, uh, and my father had joined AACA in 73 when he bought a 1956 Oldsmobile and found out about the club through the person who had the car. Um, And then my mother, when she married my father, joined in as well. Uh, I was on my first car club event for AACA in June of 90, so less than a month later. and I've been active basically ever since with them. And then when I became of age, I joined, and uh, I've been here ever since. Yeah, it's a good organization. Just just before we start talking about through, just you know, what kind of cars do you have? Oh, I, I range um, oldest vehicles, a nineteen fifty six Oldsmobile. That's the car that my dad purchased uh, back in seventy four. Uh, then I've got another Oldsmobile, a nineteen sixty seven. I've got two Ramblers, a 67 and a 70, a 1970 Ford as well. And uh, all of those have personal connections uh, with the family, which is kind of why I have them and I'm preserving them and I'm keeping them around. Yeah, that's important. That that, that It's really cool to do that. But we got to get you into some something old now. I would agree. I've had, there's several members here that keep talking me into... Uh, looking for something pre-war, and then they're slowly working their way to be successful in that battle. (laughs) I I think uh, Steve has the best description of anything that uh, doesn't have a running board is just a used car. Yeah, I'm I'm an old car guy. I like the old ones. But I have a couple (laughs) new ones, too. I have have some newer ones, too, because I... You know, one of the things that I find interesting about your tour... Um, is and I'm reading the ad, the ad thing here. Cars 25 years old and older preferred, but all cars welcome. 
Now mm-hmm. say, all right. Now, now my goal, one of my goals this year is to go to the new London to New Brighton run, which is two cylinder cars uh, in Minnesota. So say I brought my 1910 Model T up there, which is a stormer at 35 miles an hour, maybe mm-hmm. on a good day. And you get a bunch of guys with uh, uh, Corvettes. They're going to be done before I make get to the first turn. How does that work for you? Basically, what we try to do is vehicles that uh, are of that age, or even vehicles that are geared low. There's a lot of you know Jeeps and things that the best they can do is 45 miles an hour. Uh, we first off we time the tour to run at a speed between 35 and 45. So if people start, you know, cruising ahead of you, that's fine. They're going to have to sit and wait when they get to the first stop. Uh, the second part is we try to put those older cars in the lead. They're the pace setters. Everybody else gets to follow behind. Well, that that's a good idea. So you, you do this at Model A speeds? Yes. And I bet you get a lot of Model A's, too, because that's big country up there, big Model A country up in that part of the U.S., Oh, we definitely get our, our good share of them to come through, and uh, I know they like it because of the speeds, and we keep all of that into uh, in our mind when we set the tours, stay off the state highways, this and that. Nice, windy back roads. There's wonderful roads out here, so it's just it's easy to set up a tour through this area. Well, I'm sure I'm sure it, uh, it, it's it's great up there. Uh, like when we go to, you know, as you being an AACA, and I. Somebody said they met me on the Glidden this year. I can't remember no, who it was. Uh, that's our next guy. Our next guy on the Glidden. Okay. A- anyway, uh, uh, and you get in a certain part of the country, there's all kinds of really wonderful old car roads to, to ride on. Like we go to Pennsylvania all the time mm-hmm. uh, and, and through Amish country. And Ohio is another big uh thing but i've never done what up in your area so i'm i'm looking forward to uh uh to doing that stuff we need to get you guys to do a national tour up there well that might be something that we can convince people into uh definitely wouldn't uh, be against the idea at all it's not like a fun time get more people out here kind of uh, what you were mentioning before seeing more of the car club community from out of this area, learning their ideas, learning their styles of things, and just seeing cars that you won't see anywhere else because they're so far away. Do you have a lot of folks, uh, what's the furthest uh, person that comes to the, the run? Oh, to Brighton? Yeah. Uh, hmm. I would say we have a couple that comes out of the Illinois side of St. Louis, just across the river. And they're probably our farthest that we know will be there. They show up every year. But we've had some that have come farther. We've had phone calls already about the tour from, I believe, Tennessee. Somebody called in really? that wanted registration forms. So this is the first year we're really trying to open it up and let people know about this tour that we do. And anybody who wants to come along can. So it might be a new year, and we'll see a lot farther distance of members uh, and participants that come in. All right, how many how many cars do you normally get on this tour? We can get a range. We normally are somewhere uh, just under 100 on a very cold, uh, wintry day. Uh, we've had as high as 150. And that brings up a good point. What's uh, As long as you've been doing it, 
What's the worst day? What was the weather like on the worst day? <laughs> Honestly, we have been blessed on this weekend. We have not really had a terrible day. It's always, if it's that bad, it's cold. Cold with the wind. I think in the entire Brighton Run history, it has snowed once. Really? That's, yes. uh, it's all because Rahm Emanuel likes you. <laughs> that now, must be it. That must be it. We've been wondering what it was. Christopher, you you bring up a point that brought up a thought uh, that my mother used to tell the story uh, when she was a kid, and I, I don't even know. I'm thinking they had some type of a Dodge, I, but I can't remember exactly what car it was. My grandparents' car. But... Um, my grandfather had, uh, we're from West Texas, and uh, my grandfather had a couple of businesses in New Mexico that he would go check on, you know, about every two weeks or so. But they would get up extremely early in the morning, and uh, even in the wintertime. And uh, the way they heated the car back then, they had no heaters, so they would uh, have bricks that they would leave in the yeah. fireplace and get good and hot and warm up, and then they'd have their blankets, and they'd put the bricks in the car, and they'd chug off towards New well, Mexico. and they have heaters like that. they and, put coal in. Uh, yeah. So what do people do when it's uh, 20 degrees on your run? How do they... What do what they use? Slide the temperature over. <laughs> well, that's the new cars. That's not the old cars. Everybody has their own way of doing it. Uh, I'm not sure exactly of all the techniques that people use. Obviously, the cars that don't have heaters are a little bit difficult. The number one thing is I've seen several, many, a lot of layers on people. Um, we have one uh, participant who brings a Stanley steamer, so as long as the steamer's going, he's He's warm. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's warm. warm. And normally what will happen is, is that there will be a car right behind him that also doesn't have a heater, so they're hoping to get some residual heat coming off. <laughs> a blowback. Yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. But we really do. I'd, I'd love for you guys to uh, put on a national tour, get get your, your region and chapters together and and get a hold of national and and uh, I my one of my jobs when I was on the national board is is was was national tours and I, you know we just don't get much there's some been some car shows up there in all the years I've been involved but I I can't remember a national tour can you uh, not in my personal history uh, being the region archivist I have a huge bookshelf full of information. The, the last uh, national tour that was done in this area, I think, was in the middle 80s. Yeah, it was probably a Glidden. I'll bet you it was a Glidden tour. It very well could. I think it might have been. I think you're right. Yeah, because, uh, see, uh, we're always looking, whether it's Horses Carriage or AACA, new places to do do something uh, and it's a lot of fun. There's nothing like doing a tour. I'm not a, you know, I, I don't mind going to the car shows, but I'd much rather see them on the road. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, David. Uh, do you all have, I know Steve and his wife uh, uh, not only have the old cars, but they also dress up. For Do many of the folks that do your tour dress in the uh, era type clothes? Uh, I wouldn't say many, but some most certainly do. Uh, you'll actually notice that a lot more with, the earlier vehicles that they'll come dressed up in period authentic clothing. Um, so we do have a few. It's very neat to see because everybody else will be in standard dress, and then you know you'll turn a corner and there's two people that you think came out of the 1920s. 
Yeah, I would have a vintage parka in November. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a good hood. <laughs> With a big hood, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to period dress when it's kind of chilly out. Uh, how many? How long is this tour, anyway? Uh, the tour itself, is, it brings, this year it's uh, 60 miles. Um, the tour itself, because the route changes every year, it, it, that's where it's a little different than the one in England. Um, the route does change. We set up different roads, so we... Uh, always have something new to see. Um, and the route itself is varies between 60 and 80 miles thereabouts. And the the run itself is only a couple of hours. It's not bad at all. Uh, sometimes there'll be an intermediary stop, and sometimes we'll just yeah. That was yeah. Together. That was my next question. What Chris, you, Christopher, if you can stick with us, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back with you in about three minutes. Okay. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. And I want to just uh, quickly shout out and thank uh, Ed Watts at Passport Transport for uh, being one of our sponsors. And Bob Wallace, we had on the other day uh, from J.C. Taylor Insurance. We appreciate both of our sponsors. Yeah, they I'm Quite sorry. visible at at Hershey, both 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 organizations. I bet so. They were the they big were. green, the big green, the big trucks. green trucks, and and J C Taylor all over the place. 
Well, we uh, we do thank both of them for sponsoring the Classic Car Show. And if you have need for insurance, it's J.C. Taylor. And if you have need to get that new car, that new old car across the country, it's Passport yes, I'm, Transport. I'm, I'm getting J.C. Taylor life insurance next week. They have life insurance? No. I <laughs> yeah, you're... <laughs> <laughs> At your well, your your classic uh-huh. you're over twenty five years. Uh-huh. Anyway, we're we're visiting with Christopher Sure, and he is a spokesman for the fifty sixth annual Run to Brighton. And um, I think you were asking him a question or something. Yeah, you? well, tell me about Brighton, Wisconsin. What's in Brighton, Wisconsin is, that I'm going to see? The wonderful bustling metropolis of Brighton, Wisconsin is the definition of a crossroads town. <laughs> you will see when you arrive to Brighton somewhere about five or six houses, a church, a school, and a bar. Uh, well, that's sort of, you got everything covered except a grocery store and a gas station, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, as long as they have the bar, that's, you know. <laughs> well, that, that's that's kind of the main focal point anyway. You got, you got fuel for the cars, you got to have fuel for the people, right? Exactly, exactly. It's actually, when you get to Brighton, it's kind of neat because our event takes up the entire town when we arrive. And it's a known thing in the area that the first Sunday in November, there is going to be about 100 vintage cars lining up and down the single street that goes through town from end to end and hidden over in any field that they can find a way to park in. Christopher, how many towns do you all go through on your tour? And if it is a number, how is your town uh, person response to the to the tour? Do they come out and watch the cars go by? Yeah, uh, they definitely have. Uh, we try to keep the communities we go through kind of to a minimum. It's hard to do kind of where we start, which is always just north of Chicago in the North Shore area, going up toward Waukegan, Illinois, west of that, because you can't really get away from a town. They're just, everything's incorporated. But once we get out past that, we normally don't go through that many towns, and the ones we do are normally the relatively small ones. We try to get away from traffic and things like that. But yeah, when we go through a small town, especially the smaller ones, the community comes out, they'll watch us go past, wave, and all that good stuff. Um, And sometimes they'll make announcements ahead of time that you can come to the town, you can watch the procession go by, they'll give you the route and the timeline, uh, and that's, that's what they do. It's, it's good PR for everybody around. Do you, do you ever have Barney escorting you <laughs> through some of the smaller towns? We have. Um, not on this tour, um, but on other tours that we've, we've had uh, escorts coming into town uh, just because of the sheer size. A lot of times what we have to do is get in touch with the municipalities that are doing the policing, a county or, or city or what have you, and let them know when we're coming through. We've had many occasions of uh, officers having to direct traffic at an intersection because we're <laughs> driving down the street that gets very little traffic, trying to cross a major road, and we'll have them there to help us go through as quickly yes, as possible. Yes, because people, yeah, they'd be they, trying they, to get to the bar. They, they take the place <laughs> of the one traffic light and... <laughs> trying to get to the bar. Well, I think it sounds like a, a good event. A lot of a lot of fun. A lot of diversity in the cars. That's what I like. You don't, you know, you 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 the people get to drive, and the spectators get to see a whole raft of cars from early up to some of the newer ones. 
Oh, yes. It, you, you run the gamut with uh, vehicles, makes, uh, eras, everything. So it's a great one to come out to, uh, even if you don't have a vintage car or you just have the used car that's not, uh, that doesn't have those running boards, um, and just see what's out there. It's the amazing vehicles that come out to this thing. Uh, and see how they work and, and function. Again, you're, you're seeing these drive down the road. They're not just sitting. Yeah, the that's the best people. thing. That's the best. What's the oldest car you've ever had? Uh, me personally? Or on the no, tour? no, on this tour. Do you have any idea what the oldest one was? Mm, I would probably have to think uh, those... In, in recent history, those Stanley Steamers are pretty close to the oldest. Well, we've had older. I just can't remember off the top of my head what they are, yeah. but they're right around in the teens and the 20s. Uh, I would be somewhere in that ballpark. Cool. In the uh, the ad that you've got in uh, the Antique Automobile magazine is uh, an old, I guess that's a 19, late 1950, early 60s Carmen Ghia that you have there in the picture, yeah. light yeah. color or whatever. Uh, very interesting. Your registration goes until October the twenty sixth. That's um, correct. Are you about uh, filled up, or will you keep? Will you go as long as people keep submitting it in? Uh, we'll go as long as people could keep submitting them in. Uh, but I do want to emphasize that anybody who is interested, uh, that registration October twenty sixth. If you can either call us or send it in. That way we have an idea that we can plan. Again, this being a large tour, we want to make sure that the places we're going to, as well as the places we're driving through, again, with the um, areas that we're going through, that they know what to expect with numbers of vehicles. And we want to make sure that we have your tour issues and everything else ready so you have the best experience possible. Makes it easier, yeah. Yeah. Christopher, I want to uh, take an opportunity to thank uh, Harold Flood. We, we may have... Uh, he, he didn't know us until I'd called, and uh, he may be a relative of our representative in London, uh, Kevin Flood, as a matter of fact. Uh, in fact, it sounded like Harold had a bit of a uh, English accent. Is, am I missing something there, or am I correct? Mm-hmm. I've never noticed it myself, but uh, now that you mention it, I'm going to keep an eye out for it and, <laughs> and yeah. see if that's the case. Well, I do want to thank Harold for putting us in touch with with you, Christopher, and want to thank you for your time this morning and uh, being on America's Web Radio. And Steve, has yeah, another I, yeah. B- before you go, we, one thing we haven't done is we need to have you uh, give out your contact information, phone numbers, emails, whatever. If anybody's interested, uh, how they can get a hold of you and sign up and participate in this tour. Well, most certainly. Well, again, the tour is Sunday, November 6th, uh, 2016. We are leaving from Lake Bluff, Illinois. Uh, we'll be leaving there at 9 a.m., headed out to Brighton. Uh, anybody who is interested, if they could contact Harold Flood, uh, his number, 847-223-4186, or his email, car, C-A-R, 4464 at AOL.com and again be mindful that October 26th deadline uh, the check doesn't have to be to us immediately by then but if you could at least give us a call and let us know that you would be interested in attending that way we can get everything ready for you well I, I hope you have your keep your string of nice weather going for your tour yes uh, 
definitely will. Christopher, again, thank you for being on today, and uh, we hope that uh, a few more people are paying attention and will call you up and say we want to be a part of it. Yeah, I hope so. It was certainly a pleasure uh, doing this uh, phone call with you. Thank you, sir. All right. And uh, take care. Rem- remember us and uh, let us know how it goes, and uh, we'll do it again next year. Most certainly will. You guys have a good one. Thank right. you. Thank you. You know, Steve, I want to thank uh, Christopher again and Harold Flood for uh, arranging the interview today. Um, you are, mis- well, I should say you and Brenda are, are Mr. and Mrs. Tour in the in the flesh, in the body, and well, everything we do, else. Well, yeah. It, you all do yeah. a lot of tours. Yeah. Would you, And you are off, off uh, well, you said it a minute ago to Christopher that you'd rather be on a tour than just go to a car yeah, show. I, yeah, anymore, um, yeah. Tell what's your what's your major attraction on a tour? Uh, well, the major attraction, in all honesty, is the people. The cars are just the catalyst to bring the people together. Uh, and and you'll find that that uh, we've talked about this before that different segments of the hobby, in very broad sweeping terms, attract different different similar people. So, like for example, if you go to a sports car thing, you're going to find most of the people at a sports car rally, or tour, or something, or show, whatever you want to. Uh, are going to be engineer types, very highly technical people. They were they were born with a pocket protector in their diapers, <laughs> you know, those kind of guys, you know. And and it, and it's interesting. And you and you have a lot, you you have a lot in common. And the best part about touring is it's not a car show. When you go to a car show, and again, I'm not trying to put down car shows because that's a very very viable part of this hobby. Uh, the cars, it's about you and your car. You go and you've been to local ones all over the country. They sit and you sit behind your car, which I find well has to be the most tiring thing in well, the world. But, but, but that's but what that's they what do. They do. Yeah. But when you're on a tour for a week, you spend you know you figure average tour seventy five to hundred cars. So you're looking at two hundred people that you spend a week with, and yeah. and you get to know them. We've met we have friends all over the country and even some all over the world from touring. You know, let me uh, throw this out. As you were talking about it in the tours and, and what you've talked about, whether it's been on mic or off mic, that we've talked, and Brenda taking the the pictures and everything and putting a book together on each tour. But I, I come back to the thought of this is almost the 21st century. A tour is almost the 21st century wagon train in that if somebody has a problem, Everybody pitches in to help if they, if uh, they can. If yeah. they can, and uh, you know, you got the com- just like you said, you have the camaraderie of, of being with uh, two hundred people that yeah. you may or may not know, or you, you look forward. To, you know that Joe's going to well, be you, there, and you look forward to seeing them. You eat breakfast with them. You eat lunch with them. Maybe not dinner. Dinner, you might go out with your your already established routine of friends, your group of friends. But uh, you stop in a town and and you get out and walk around and everybody has a name badge. That's another thing. Everybody has a name badge on. You know who they are. You know what kind of car they have. And you say, oh, I remember going through uh, Lake Bluff, Illinois on a tour one time. Yeah. Yeah. And and you do. It, it. That's the best part is the people. And and 
What's funny is you go on a tour and you'll have somebody with a big Stevens Durier or a Chalmers Detroit and then somebody like me with a Model T. And you have just as much fun. You have the same camaraderie. It's not a, you know, it's not, well, hmm, you can't have anything better than that, you <laughs> weenie. On that note, we're going to uh, take one of our weenie break. No, we're going to take one of our breaks. And again, we thank uh, Passport Transport and J.C. Taylor Insurance for sponsoring the Classic Car Show. We'll be back right after this. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Forty-five years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. And we've got Steve Ronaldo in here, and we're going to talk a little bit more about tours. Out of out of the, what, how many years I, have you been? Uh, many, I, years. No, many years. Many yeah. years. Many uh, years. You were one of those with the... the the, the banner, uh, banner in the garage are <laughs> hanging on the... I have no more room on the garage walls. They're filled. So, just like we asked Christopher, I'll ask you, what, in all of your years, can you pick one tour that just absolutely blew you and Brenda away? Boy, that's a tough question. Um, I I would say there's it, it would come down to two. One would be the brass car tour that was done in Meredith, New Hampshire. Those guys did just a fabulous job. There, um, we have made so many, met so many people, and become so good friends with so many of the people up in that area. But they did a, a really really good job. And uh, um, let's see the other one, the Glidden Tour in Gettysburg. 
and probably the one that we did in Chattanooga. Yeah, probably the one in Chattanooga. So those would probably be the three that I think would have the most influence. Anyway. Well, we've uh, we've got John Bybeck on. He is the president of JNL Enterprises. John, welcome to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Okay, and uh, thank you very much for uh, giving me a call and the opportunity to talk. And uh, you, you met... Yeah, uh, hey, John. Uh, Steve Ronaldo. How you doing? Hi, Steve. Yeah, we met at the uh, Glidden Tour. Yes, and you and were I'm set up by the moose. Yes. You were set up across from the moose. <laughs> and what was the... Mo- now, I know moose in had the, beer, in, but... In, what is in the, the hotel of this... Uh, lobby of this hotel we were at, the Grand Hotel yeah. in North Conway, they had gigantic, full-size stuffed animals. I mean, not not mm-hmm. not real toy kind of huge things. And they had a yeah, they had a talking moose over the fireplace, push a button and it talks. <laughs> yeah, very different, uh, very interesting, and they all are all car tours like that are. Yeah, you, you just gave me an idea for when you uh, go to the. The greater sky or whatever beyond is, we Brenda and I should have you stuff, and uh, you always have something to say, so we could just push your button. The nice part is you'd stop talking after a while. I mean, when the battery ran. When the down. battery ran. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, John, at the Glidden Tour, you had a a very nice display, and you talked to a lot of people about mm-hmm. your antique car product. Your antique car product is a third tail light for um, uh, antique cars. And I guess you could use it on the bottom. If you had a brass car that has no lights, you could. but you had a battery, you could probably use it as the main tail light in turn signal too if you wanted to. Exactly. Uh, it's very universal. Uh, it's the, uh, what it is, we call it the brake lighter. And uh, I developed it and designed it about 15 years ago. What happened is a lady came up real close behind me, and uh, she says she almost uh, rear-ended me. And of course, the light bulb went on in my head. My background is in uh, manufacturing engineer and experience in developing products. So uh, what I did, uh, I decided to uh, come up with something, and I had certain criterias. And it had to be low profile, uh, very so it's inconspicuous. Uh, the product is uh, the light, the third brake light is uh, 12 inches long and five eighths of an inch high. That's about as high as uh, the thinnest I could get. And um, actually, nobody really sees it. They walk by it without it being on. Uh, it's easy to mount. That's another criteria. So there's no drilling. Uh, you mount it on the glass either by suction cups or the double face tape adhesive made by 3M, very strong. Um, it's eye level. People follow too close our traffic and people are being distracted. So we uh, retrofit older cars uh, with a third brake light. And uh, I designed uh, the lens also. So it's got a good dispersion. And if you stand 30 degrees oh, to the left can, or to the yeah, right, the you back can of the see car, this thing a it. mile away. Yeah, it's uh, it's very important. Uh, the idea, the brain is always used to looking at something 
at eye level, they do not look at taillights, and our older cars just have poor uh, taillights. Cause that's you you mean that my line, my uh, my kerosene lantern taillight is not acceptable in your eyes? <laughs> no, it's pretty, but not <laughs> acceptable. Very <laughs> very attractive, but uh, also this taillight, uh, this correction, this uh, third brake light brake lighter. Can be mounted on the outside, completely waterproof. Uh, you submerge it in a fish tank, and uh, we guarantee it'll work. And if any of the LEDs fail, we just replace the light. I don't care when. Uh, Lifetime guarantee. That's a good thing. Again? <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yes, yes. Let me ask. Uh, uh, and we have. We followed through. The reason why I say that, uh, Steve, because. We have 32 Fairchild LEDs. Those are high-quality LEDs, and they're really very reliable. Plus, LEDs in general do not burn out because it isn't a filament. It's a chemical reaction John, uh, uh, that makes it bright. John, let me ask, and, let me ask Steve uh, a question regarding your product. I would assume most folks would go with the suction cup-type uh, attachment, even over the uh, uh, double-faced tape. And because Steve has been a judge for many, many years, mm-hmm. I assume if you as a judge saw this on a car, that would that count off? Yes, it would. So if, it was, if it was an AACA national event, yes, it would. But Really? Well, uh, okay. but it's a safety device. I'd have to really think. And if it was done well, I probably wouldn't because it's considered a safety device. Or if it has a suction cup, you just take it off. Yes, of the and throw it, lay it under the seat. But the, the problem with suction cups, you got to have a back glass. So none of my, a lot of my cars don't have back glass. So they'd have to, we'd have to mount it underneath or something. Well, yes, and we've, and in all honesty, we have been to uh, shows where they judge cars, and they definitely accepted some beautiful cars. It is looks uh, nice, yeah. Got pictures, of it, but they did accept it, even though it was uh, on with the double face adhesive pads. Because the reason I say that the double face adhesive pads are not as obvious, it's neater looking, and less. Uh, obvious that okay. you have something in that back window. 6 volt, 12 volt, positive, negative ground, you got that yes. all covered? Yeah, we have 6 volt and 12 volt. A lot of you will not see, uh, will rarely see anything with uh, LEDs at 6 volt because there just isn't a, uh, a demand for production. Positive ground too? Positive ground? Positive or negative ground, right? Doesn't your, 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 Thing doesn't care, and also, does it have turn signals built into it? So one half blinks for right, and one half for left. Right, uh, you already have to have turn signals, okay? And when I was designing it, I said, you know what? When I make that circuit board, why don't I split left and right? So sixteen on one side, sixteen on the other side will flash with your turn signals. Um, but if you have a single tail light. And you're very you're a purist, and you don't want something. Uh, you don't want to put another taillight on the other fender. This I have a diagram that will work with uh, uh, that the, the brake lighter in the window absolutely will blink left and yeah. right. Well, it will, you don't need a, uh, a taillight on the fender. When when you might know, uh, and I know we're running out of time, and we want to get yep. everybody to get your 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 address and contact. But but uh, uh, when were two tail lights mandatory? Because like Model A's only have one. Early '30s cars have one light. Right. I don't know when. I'll be honest, with you. I don't know uh, when two tail lights were mandatory. But uh, 
I think little by little, uh, because signal lights, hand signals no longer work today. People, people think wave you're waving at them. <laughs> yeah, I have signal. I, I travel a lot, Steve. I do I know go cross country in my car. I'm doing only 48 miles an hour, and people are doing 78. And uh, with that flashing in the back window, totally makes a big difference. I, uh, I get on the right hand line of the highway, uh, right lane, and about thousand feet behind, they just uh, drive by. Can, can I make this unit a four-way flash or two? So if I am just yes, driving absolutely. at 50 miles an hour, I can just leave it on and let... Because LEDs draw no current. Yeah, absolutely. You can leave it on for a month. Uh, you could... Uh, if, uh, I use it as a four-way flasher in our right-hand lane, and people just uh, come around me. and uh, Great but, idea. I, I'm a safety nut. I, all my cars carry fire extinguishers. I try to do everything I can to be... Yeah. You know, and and we just came out about two months ago with the super bright light. So our, our LEDs are super bright. Believe me, at night when you're backing up, you tap your brake. It almost acts, acts as a backup light. That, that's how bright it is. Well, I may have to get one of these and try it on one of my cars. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. There's uh, we have a website called BrakeLighter.com. I'll spell it. It's B R A K E. L I G H T E R breakletter dot com. My number is eight six zero nine one six three five eight two. And anybody has any questions, just call us. Yeah, and I've seen this stuff. So I, I've seen this, and I, this is. I don't like to endorse or say this stuff is good, but I've seen this thing. I've seen the display. I've seen it on cars. And anybody that's driving an old car, yeah, like you said, that was my question. Mm-hmm. Six volt positive ground. Hey, mm-hmm. you need something, guys, because you know we're going thirty, forty miles an hour, right. and these crazy people are—they drive like lunatics today, anyway. <laughs> right, very distracted. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's all. Well, I was driving just I was driving the T one time and was coming to a stop. And this lady was looking at my Model T and just drove yeah. straight into a car that was stopped in front of me. Just stopped, just on the side lane. John, uh, yeah. unfortunately, we have run out of time. I want to thank you okay. for being on today. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And like I said, if you want to post, the, when we post our archive, if you'd like to put it on your website, more than welcome to. And um, thank you, and keep uh, keep us abreast of what's going on with Brake yeah, Lighter. Yeah, Brake Lighter. It's, yeah. Uh, I will tell everybody this 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 <laughs> is something you need. This is if you don't have it, this is something you should have. And we, we give this to counts to clubs who are ordering obviously more than uh, one. And uh, yeah, and uh, like I said, I could uh, we could talk again another time just on touring. I enjoy touring. Uh, I know I you do. Have that car. With that being said, I'm sorry, we are out of time. We've got to go, John. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for being on. Okay. Come back. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, and uh, come back for the Classic Car Show next week on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.